In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of you know me as Peter, uh, but today I, I like to be known as Ananias. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one is I, I don't think that I'm all that different from Ananias. Ananias, who we read about in Acts chapter 9, I, I'm not all that different from him. Uh, but also, I would like to be called Ananias today because I would like to be a little bit more like him. I, I think that there are some lessons we can learn from him and from what God did for him and through him that I, I would really like to take to heart. So for today, I'm Ananias. Uh, let's start with how I am like him. See, I think Ananias has a bad habit that I do, and, and that is of underestimating God. I think that any time you underestimate someone, it can have dangerous consequences, and we're going to see that's definitely, most certainly true with God. But but maybe you know what it's like. Maybe you know the danger of underestimating someone. Uh, this is um, a lesson that I'm learning at home with our daughter. I, I uh, throughout her short little life, have underestimated her more times than I would care to admit, and, and each time she has proved to me how, how dangerous that can be. Uh, thankfully, we've had no disastrous consequences yet, far from it. But uh, I'm learning that she is not to be underestimated. For, for example, when she was really young, uh, I would underestimate her ability to move and, and crawl around, right? So I'd put her on a blanket in the middle of the room thinking I could go step out and uh, grab a bottle for her and come back and everything would be fine. And I'd, I'd do that and I would return to the room and she'd be on the other side in the corner chewing on some cords or getting into some trouble that I didn't want her to get into. Uh, these days, uh, it's how high she can reach or, or climb. Uh, so I'll, I'll put something I don't want her to touch, my phone, a cup of coffee, way up high. I'll think, no way can she get up there. And and I'll turn around and she's got whatever that is in her, her little hands. And I don't know if she's grown arms while I'm not looking uh, or, or she's just able to climb, but I have underestimated her abilities again. Uh, same goes true with where she's able to get into, right? I, I thought for a while there's no way she could get in into doors. The, the handles were too high. She wouldn't know what to do with them anyway. Same with drawers and cabinets, but she finds her way into just about anything, especially the places we don't want her to go, of course. And again, noth nothing major has happened as a result of that. We do keep a pretty close eye on her, actually. But it could be dangerous, right, to underestimate her abilities. I actually uh, overheard a story last week uh, about... Uh, the danger of underestimation. It was between two women at a coffee shop. Uh, one of them was a grandmother and she was talking about her granddaughter and how this granddaughter had just passed her exam so she could go to medical school, that her, her daughter was hoping to become a doctor soon. And I thought she was telling this story to talk about how proud she was of her granddaughter, right? Amazed at her abilities and her hard work and her effort and all of those things. It's not an easy thing to, to uh, attend medical school, but uh, this grandmother was actually saying the opposite. She was telling this other woman that she didn't think her granddaughter had it in her, that she didn't think that she had the ability to become a doctor. It uh, kind of surprised me. Now, I don't know if this grandmother's evaluation was spot on or not because I don't know the granddaughter. I was just hoping that if this young woman does become a doctor, her grandmother better hope that she's a kind and compassionate and forgiving woman, right? Especially if she needs some help or some uh, doctoral advice along the way. It can be dangerous. And maybe you know this from personal experience. You've underestimated someone. It hasn't worked out well, turned out well for you. Or, or maybe you've been the one that has been underestimated. And, and maybe you know how painful and hurtful that can, that can be too. It's a dangerous thing to underestimate anyone, but especially God. And Ananias learns that today. 
Uh, at, at first, when God comes to Ananias and, and appears in his life, Ananias appears to be willing and maybe even eager. Right? God shows up to him, calls out to him, and, and Ananias' first response is, yes, Lord. Right? Uh, he, he seems willing. He, he knows who's talking to him, and he seems willing to, to listen to whatever God has to say or, or maybe even to do whatever God has to do. But, but then God tells him what the job is and, and who Ananias is supposed to serve. That's where that's where the hesitancy comes in. And maybe you've experienced that too. I know I have. I, I wanted to serve God and he gives me the opportunity. And I thought, oh, that's not what I was looking for. That's not the people I was looking to serve. That's not the job I was willing to do. It, it feels overwhelming. And, and that's, where, uh, that's where Ananias is at. He hears this call and, and it is amazing, right? God wants Ananias to work with a man named Saul. He wants Ananias to lay his hands on Saul to, to help regain, restore Saul's sight because God wants to work through Saul in some amazing ways. He wants to forgive this man named Saul and redeem Saul and, and use Saul to, to share the good news with both Jews and Gentiles. Saul, and this is amazing, is going to be used to fulfill the promise that God made all the way back to Abraham to be a blessing to all nations. Saul's going to have a crucial part to play in that. And, and so will Ananias in that way, because God wants to use Ananias as part of the restoration process in Saul's life. Uh, once Ananias hears that that is his call, that's where the hesitancy comes in. And, and it seems like maybe, maybe he has underestimated both God's grace and his power. And maybe he's underestimated the fact that, that God's grace is for all people, right? That it extends across all borders and, and that it covers all sins. And, and maybe... Ananias has underestimated God's power because maybe he looks at Saul and thinks that this man is set in his ways. He's the enemy, right? His heart is hard. He's never going to turn. He's never going to change. He'll, he'll never want to do God's will, but he's underestimated what God can do in someone's life, that God is able to do whatever he wants to do, right? Uh, Ananias seems to think that he knows something. Maybe he even thinks he knows something that God doesn't, that this Saul, that he He's the enemy, right? He's a persecutor. He's He was there when Stephen was murdered. He's breathing out murderous threats, even as our reading for today begins. And, and he's seeking now. Maybe Ananias has even heard the whispers that Saul is seeking to come to Damascus, where he lives, to imprison him and his friends. And he underestimates God's grace and his power, both to forgive and to overcome. And I think the, the truth is that we do the same all of the time. We, we overestimate the power of sin. We give it too much credit, too much power, and we underestimate both God's grace and his power. Right? We underestimate God's grace every time we label certain people or certain sins as unforgivable and irredeemable. We underestimate God's grace uh, every time we look at our own lives and the things that we've done and we label ourselves as unlovable. We underestimate God's grace every time we refuse to forgive as we've been forgiven and every time we hold on to anger rather than responding with mercy. We're underestimating God's grace. We underestimate God's power every time we close a door that he has clearly opened, right? We look inside, we see the challenges and the obstacles, and we think, no way, right? We underestimate God's power every time we look out into the future with hopelessness and fear rather than joy and peace. 
We underestimate God's power. Every time we say to ourselves, I could never do that, or I could never be like them or accomplish what they could accomplish, we're, we're, we're underestimating what he could do for us in our lives. We underestimate his power. Every time we throw up our hands in resignation over some sin or temptation in our lives, thinking, I'm, I'm never going to beat it. I'm, I'm never going to come it. It just got its grip on me, and I, I might as well give up and give in, right? We're, we're underestimating what God can do by his spirit in our lives. Uh, here's the thing about God's interaction, though, with Ananias. God never minimizes Saul's sin. Right? What God says to Ananias after Ananias kind of objects or explains things to God, God doesn't say, you know what, you're right uh, or, or you're wrong. Uh, what, what Saul has done, it's no big deal. Sure, he's maybe murdered a few people in prison. Some. Don't sweat it, right? It's just small stuff. God never minimizes our sin. He doesn't minimize the sin around us. He doesn't minimize the sin that's been done to us. He never minimizes the pain and hurt that we've caused through our own sin. Never. God realizes how big of a problem it is. He just... He overwhelms that sin with his grace and his power. He shows us that he has more grace than we have sin and, and he has more power than we have obstacles and challenges. And you know, at the start of our time, I, I said that I would like to be a little bit more like Ananias. And here's, here's why I, I say that. Because Ananias, he listens to what God has to say. When God explains to him the grace that he has for Saul and how he wants to use Saul in some powerful ways, uh, Ananias listens to that and he takes it to heart. And, and we know that because, well, because he forgives Saul. The, the first thing that he says to Saul, first thing Ananias says to Saul is brother. Right? He, has, he shows that he has welcomed him into his family, that he doesn't see him as the enemy, that he isn't holding on to those past sins as big and as hurtful as they were. No, he is a brother now. They are united in one. They're equals. And, and, and we know that, that, God, uh, that Ananias has listened to God and, and that he has let himself be overwhelmed by God's grace and, and power because he, he lets himself be used by God, right? He, he lays his hands on Paul so that uh, Saul's uh, sight can be restored. He, he does what God has asked him to do, as impossible as it seems, right? He, he partners with God in that amazing work and God uses him in some amazing ways. And what a story it is. Think of how different it would be if Ananias had continued to underestimate God and, and had refused to forgive or, or refused to have been used. He would have been missing out. And so, dear friends, I, I pray that each of us, that we would not let our sin overwhelm us, but instead we would let ourselves be overwhelmed by God's grace and power. I, I pray that we would trust that that grace covers all sins and extends to all people. And, and that includes us, it includes me and you, right? No matter what you've done or where you've been or how often you've done it, God forgives you. And I, I pray that we would all trust in his power, that no one is too far gone, right? No one is too far off. No one is too hard in, in their ways that God can, can work in, in anyone's life, including our, our own. And that no matter what we've done, God continues to work in us and through us and for us powerfully on our behalf. And, and I pray that as we are overwhelmed by his grace and power, that, that we would engage with it as well. That like Ananias, we would forgive as we've been forgiven and that we would joyfully follow God's call. Dear friends, I'll say it one last time. Your God is amazingly graceful and he is full of power. In Jesus' name, amen.